diese Furcht. House of the Dragon, a new fantasy drama series by HBO, is based on George R. R. Martin's 2018 novel Fire and Blood. Martin serves as one of the series' creators, screenwriter Ryan Condal and none other than Game of Thrones director Miguel Sapochnik also play a key role. The story takes audiences back to Westeros, 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. So it's set about two centuries before the Game of Thrones saga and focuses on one dynasty, Targaryens at the pinnacle of their power. The show begins with a king choosing his successor to rule the Seven Kingdoms, and despite a period of relative peace, civil wars and a succession crisis quickly follow. And needless to say, the decisions on heirs are almost exclusively related to their gender. Basically, female rulers aren't welcomed in Westeros. Spoiler alert, that might possibly change in the upcoming episodes. But it's no surprise that the series is full of violence, political intrigue and so many dragons. Whereas the original Game of Thrones was about multiple different families and it was spread over multiple continents, as is a much more intimate story and it's really about the dissolution of one family. Um, so in a way it wasn't hard for it to be different, but the fight was how can we make people feel that they were in a familiar world, make them feel content, give them what they want but not in the way they're expecting. Your family has dragons. Well, so far, even the die-hard fans of Game of Thrones seem to have liked what I've seen. House of the Dragon took the social media by storm with its premiere and remained the top trending topic for 14 hours straight with over a million tweets. But what about film critics? Many of the reviews highlight a well-cast series with a strong start and almost no room for disappointment. According to In The Wire, it's an epic show and even better than Game of Thrones. Critic Martin Carr says the series is a flawless adaptation. The Guardian's Rebecca Nicholson calls the show opulent television, cinematic and big, pushing at the edges of what TV can do. But she thinks it's a little less fun than Game of Thrones. Daniel Van Boom from CNET agrees, saying that this show may never become the next Game of Thrones, but neither can its achievements be ignored. And he adds that, although the comparison with its predecessor is inevitable, it's really not fair. And Vanity Fair's chief critic Richard Lawson says, House of the Dragon pales and shrinks in the shadow of its superior. But the show's actors stand by the new future, saying it's not simply Game of Thrones reimagined. The first show started and it had to build its world and as the show got bigger the, the world expanded in it. Um, we get to benefit from that and start off with a bit more grandeur, you know, this is the time of the Targaryens and massive, massive dragons and, uh, you know, so we get to start off I think on a bigger canvas of, uh, you know, we're a bit lucky in a way really. Hearts remain as one. Oh, House of the Dragon already has a 9.0 IMDb score with nine more episodes to come. And whether they're swept by nostalgia for one of the biggest blockbusters of all time, or delighted to have one more chance to get lost in the fantastic world of George R.R. Martin, almost all fans and critics alike are certain of one thing. It's good to be back at Westeros.
Let's cross over to film critic John Bleasdale. Hi, John. Very good to have you with us today. Thanks so much. Now, let's start with the million-dollar question here. Is House of the Dragon as compelling as Game of Thrones? Uh, it's, oh, it's almost impossible to say from one episode because I remember even uh, the first episode of Game of Thrones wasn't an immediate hit you know it was intriguing and it was interesting but it really took the whole season before people got got really into it so house of the dragon is has, has got off to an intriguing start but whether it will match game of thrones for its cultural impact and popularity that is yet to be seen so you wouldn't agree with indiewire who says uh, it is even better than game of thrones it's probably too early to say that isn't it yeah, possibly IndieWire have seen a few more episodes than I have, though. Uh, they've probably had access to some screenings. I've just seen the very first episode, and it was it was interesting, and I was curious, and I definitely wanted to watch the second episode and the third, uh, but I wasn't... I did have a few doubts and a few criticisms, perhaps, but um, I was happy to be in Westeros once more. <laughs> I mean, I want to ask you about your doubts and criticisms and what made it interesting for you. But then before that, how much of this comparison is fair and relevant? I mean, it's relevant, of course, but, you know, I mean, sh we could also try to judge um, House of the Dragon as a standalone piece as well. Does it deserve that or how should we approach it? In a way, yes, it does, because it's a prequel. So it's it's going backwards about 200 years to the events before Game of Thrones. Therefore, it doesn't have the pressure of uh, continuing the story of characters who are already established. So I think it could live on its own merits. However, the episode itself does sort of use the music and it does use a lot of things that are very familiar. So I think comparisons are unavoidable in the end. Okay, well, you said that it was interesting, but you had your doubts and your criticisms. So tell us, overall, what was your um, impression? Well, I was excited to be back in Westeros. I was excited to see some new characters uh, and to be back in King's Landing you know, principally, which was the main setting of the first episode. And also, I was it was great to see the Targaryens and begin to get an idea of what was going on there. However, um, the thing about Game of Thrones, which everybody enjoyed, was all these different families coming together and fighting and intrigues and all that sort of stuff. And here, you really only have one main family, the Targaryens, and they all have very strange wigs. They all have these blonde hair that for some of the actors, it just doesn't doesn't particularly suit. So the that was my main criticism, not necessarily the wigs, but the sort of narrowness of the first episode. Hopefully in succeeding episodes, it'll branch out a little bit. And if it does branch out, what kind of a contribution do you think it will be to fantasy fiction? It's a, that's a great question. I think um, I think fantasy is in, in rude health at the moment. Uh, we've got a Lord of the Rings TV series coming up, uh, The Ring of Power, or The Rings of Power, on Amazon Prime. That's coming up in September, I believe. And we've got this multi-million dollar uh, TV series on HBO, which is only just begun. Um, so 
I think it could be a high watermark. Then again, there is also the possibility that um, people might be a little bit tired of it. The last season of Game of Thrones uh, fizzled a little bit, certainly from a critical point of view. A lot of there was a lot of backlash, especially the last two episodes. And um, it, it, it'd be interesting to see how many people hang on, but but we'll only know that as the episodes progress. I mean, you said that people are getting tired, of course, but, you know, it really um, uh, brings me to my next question, which is that we see a lot of prequels, sequels, spin-offs. Do you think, don't we have a little bit of a franchise fatigue when it comes to fantasy fiction? I mean, or do you think um, screenwriters are a little stuck when it comes to coming up with new stories in fantasy fiction genre? Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. A really good observation. I think that the um, I don't think it's just the screenwriters necessarily, but it's certainly the big studios. They seem to be very risk averse, and the way of avoiding risk is to give people something which is very familiar. So we have this whole idea of fa franchises and universes. We're going to all live in the Marvel universe or the DC universe or the Lord of the Rings universe uh, or the or the George R R Martin universe. Um, I think it is uh, problematic because I think you do get fed up with it. You do get bored of it. And uh, that's one of the problems House of the Dragon has is, yes, it's familiar and I'm glad to be back there, but also I've already seen it. I mean, what else are you going to show me? I know King's Landing. I know Westeros. Are you going to show me something new? And, uh, and, and you know, that, that's a real problem for them. And we don't have much time left, but for people who have not seen any of Game of Thrones uh, episodes, where do we start watching? Do we start from Hazard the Dragon or do we start from Game of Thrones? Not that you're going to find many of those people, but... Yeah, there might be some people on a Pacific island somewhere who have been uh, you know, marooned. Probably they watched the last episode of Lost before they went to the island. Um, I, don't, I don't know, really. I would, I would probably say start at Game of Thrones and go through it uh, sort of chronologically from the point of view of when they were broadcast rather than chronologically from uh, the prequel uh, and, and on. I think uh, the Game of Thrones, the first few seasons of the Game of Thrones were, were the height of... of uh, television fantasy. So I would start there. All right, John Bleasdale, thanks so much for speaking to us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.